0: The Sports Career Podcast, episode 236. What skill sets do you need to work in sports marketing and communications? Hello, Sports Achiever, and thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a sport industry expert in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in Psunika in sports marketing and communications. I really do hope that this podcast can support your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Dan Tunner. Dan has over 10 years of experience working in the sports industry, particularly in the sports broadcasting and media sector, where he specialises in the strategy, planning and execution with regards to sport media campaigns. As a result, Dan has worked for Sky Sports, eurosport and even the fa and many other sport industry organizations for that reason it's such a pleasure to have dan as a special guest on the show and that's when today's episode dan will share the skill sets you need to be a more effective sports marketer and communicator when pursuing a career in the sports industry dan it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast show Please share to listeners your sports crew journey. When did it all start?
1: Yeah, thanks, Ed. It's uh, great to speak to you. and I'm really excited about this conversation. I've, I've listened to many of the podcasts that you've done. Uh, always enjoyable to listen to different people in the sports industry and, and their journeys, uh, so many different routes to it. Um, I guess mine was a fairly unusual one. I've actually been working in the sports industry since uh, 2012 when I joined Sky Sports, Um, but it wasn't my, I wasn't one of these people that uh, kind of came in from the beginning. Uh, It certainly wasn't an entry level position for me. I'd spent four years working for a a global insurance company, Allianz, who uh, weirdly are obviously very much. Uh, ingrained in the sports industry from a sponsorship perspective but sadly I wasn't I wasn't working directly on many of the sponsorships um, but actually doing kind of corporate communications um, for them so a very kind of dry uh, insurance industry but definitely a good starting p- point in terms of my career um, they were a fantastic company from a learning and development perspective so I learned a hell of a lot um, during those four years um, and eventually you know after many you um, know applications uh, many interviews and, and some offers that you know i I'd ended up turning down um i actually got the job with with sky sports which uh, was obviously a great place to be working at that stage um you know in 2012 they were kind of at their height really in terms of the rights portfolio they had and 2012 being an olympic year it was a fantastic year for british sports. so uh, it ended up being the perfect time to to come into the industry and Fortunately, um, you know, as as a lot of people probably have told you that, you know, once you get your foot in the door, um, you know, you're you're halfway there, and you know, it's been eight years now,
0: and long may it continue. Absolutely, and just going back in time, would you mind showing to listeners what you did at university and how that has supported you looking back now, if you went or not?
1: Yeah, of course, yeah. So, um, you know, I I went to university in Brighton. there's a kind of sport specific college uh, based at, in Eastbourne actually um, so I studied I studied sport and sociology as an undergraduate um, and basically you know my, my at the time I was was definitely not clear on what career I wanted uh, to pursue I knew I wanted to work in sport um, that was that was for sure but you know I, I had no idea exactly what that job looked like what that career might look like you know i considered a few different things um, you know i was quite interested in coaching uh, around this period and then kind of going through my my degree program i still really wasn't clear come the end of it um, and actually i ended up going back and doing an m.a in sport culture and media um, you know really that was partly because at the time i still didn't know what i wanted to do career wise so i was kind of buying myself some more time of course I was interested in the study itself and I thought it could kind of, um, you know, provide a bit of a, an added boost to my career and, and when I was applying for jobs versus, you know, someone who just had a degree versus someone who had a masters. You know, that's weirdly the sort of way you used to think about it. Uh, you know, this is this is 15 years ago now. So, you know, it often used to be, you know, from from my kind of era, I guess, you know, it was, tick in the box to have a degree it was kind of you needed that and but having that would get you a good job um and and it's changed a hell of a lot since then of course in terms of you know the what you need to do around your education Um, and i mean that by you know gaining experience whether that's through internships through work experience um, you know, any opportunities you could get and, and proactively as well, just, you know, any, everyone's a publisher these days Any everyone can use their social media. They can create a website, they can write about sport, they can talk about sport as you do. Um, you know, so there's many different ways to get into the industry these days and many more resources as well. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, if I, if I had my time again, I'd definitely do things very differently in terms of being more focused on an area that I wanted to pursue. Um, but also, yeah, it was a very different time and probably less uh, information about the sports industry. Um, and the sports industry itself has grown massively in, in 15 years. Um, you know, the 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 business of sport has just expanded year on year. So it's a very different industry now to, you know, when I was looking to get into it.
0: 15 years ago. Hey, Dan, you're not the only one, my friend, with regards to not knowing what to do afterwards. Just on that point, if somebody's listening in and they're in that situation because sometimes it's daunting, you don't know the next step. What inspired you just to find that end goal? Like just just to get some experience, like Alliance with that insurance company, when you talked about them very briefly, you had that enthusiasm that it really did help you from a skill set perspective. So what I'm trying to say to the listeners is, even if it's not sport-related in where you're working, it can open up doors like you have, eventually being at Sky. So, could you just paint the picture of if somebody's going through this process? Um, what advice would you give on that point?
1: Yeah, of course. Look, um, you know, I think you know there's many different ways into um, into finding that career path. You know, I. I Eventually, through the process of of my studies, I'd kind of lasered down on on PR, comms, marketing as the area that I wanted to to pursue. Um, By the time I'd done that, it was probably a little bit too late. You know, I hadn't subsequently, you know, reached out to whether it was comms agencies, marketing agencies or, you know, sports organizations to to go and do some work experience in their marketing teams. You know, that had kind of passed me by. So I came to the end of my uh, master's degree and basically was at that crossroads of i need to find a job um so you know fortunately i got one with a a brilliant company you know a a massive company and one that had this incredible kind of um people development side to it so you know i got to do all sorts of management training courses and um you know professional development was just super high on their agenda so you know four years there really provided me with a a solid platform um, and you know, if I'd have gone into an entry level position in sport, I may be more advanced potentially in my career now um, because I'd have I'd kind of cut out that period. but I wouldn't be as good at my job because you know there are things that I learned in that environment that uh, you know you just probably can't learn in sport um, at that stage at that early level. And you know over the course of time, I came to realize that if I'd have done that kind of entry level sport position. Whilst it would have been great and, and, you know, I would have been in that environment straight away, there's, there's so much that I'd have missed out on. I was given amazing responsibility at, at Allianz. Uh, you know, within four years, I'd kind of gone from the entry-level role to senior comms manager, having a team of people. And I don't think that would have happened necessarily in sport in quite the same way. Um, but also, you just learn about how, you know, business, that was in-house role. But it's technical, you know, insurance is quite a dry industry, but, you know, you learn about the numbers side of things you learn about the the corporate mentality you learn about the importance of bottom line and commercial the commercial aspects and sometimes you don't have that visibility in an entry-level role elsewhere so you know I took a hell of a lot away from it and and now I would say to people obviously firstly I'd say look if you're you're embarking on a career and you want to work in the sports industry then work really hard to understand the sports ecosystem and all the opportunities that basically present themselves from from kind of grassroots level sport all the way up to professional sport you know look at that Do, do a kind of stakeholder mapping and see what the opportunities are and match that with your skills and and what you enjoy doing and then you can kind of zero in on what's important um and then the flip side of it is look if it doesn't happen don't panic you know as I said I got offered roles in in the four years that I was at Allianz I was always looking always wanting to get into sport so I was applying for lots of roles and you know got offered positions but you know I was being asked to take like a 50% pay cut And to go from being like having my team and having responsibility and, you know, being a spokesperson for a business and working with directly with the CEO and C-suite. And I was being asked to go be a kind of an account executive. And, you know, that to me was kind of too much to give up at the time. And I think if you've got the confidence in your abilities as a comms person, increasingly sport is being a little bit more open to the fact that, you know, you don't have to have sport on your CV to actually work in sport. You know, this is what sport is increasingly becoming a business, you know, it has been for many years, but, you know, slowly but surely sports organisations are actually treating themselves as how businesses run themselves. More focus on bottom line, more focus on the right people, uh, the right skill sets, you know, not just picking people that have always worked in sport. So, you know, don't panic if you don't get that kind of initial role as long as you show an appetite and a knowledge and read around the subject and understand sport, um, entirely and, and have that passion, uh, you can, you can jump across and increasingly there are more people like, you know, I had very, the people that hired me at Sky, I was very fortunate. They were a kind of forward thinking group of people who were like, actually we don't have to hire another person who's done this job for another sports organization. You know, we've got a team here of seven, eight people. Um, who know what they're doing. Um, we can afford to hire a guy who's, who's a six-month contract that I joined on. So, you know, they can afford to hire someone who came with a different background, didn't have that baggage of sport, didn't have any preconceived ideas um, and came with a completely fresh set of eyes. Um, and increasingly that's happening more. You know, you're seeing senior level people come over from different industries, uh, but also, you know, lower levels as well. You know, there, there are jobs now that didn't exist even when I started, you know, from a social media perspective, increasingly you know, data is playing a massively important role in sport um, you know you, you see all sorts of data um, related positions that are coming into sport into agencies into organizations so you know there, there are always new opportunities and you know if you've been an analyst data analyst somewhere these days um, and you've got a passion for sport and you understand it you know you're going to be top of the list you know in terms of candidates so yeah, I, I, you know, and that's all across all roles. I'd just say don't panic, just do carry on your path. Don't, don't be prepared to kind of sacrifice in terms of, you know, dropping many levels behind where you are, um, but have kind of faith and persevere. And, you know, if you're good enough and if you make the right efforts and you talk to the right people, um, you know, you will definitely get your opportunity.
0: Amazing. I hope the listeners are taking notes because sometimes just through all the people I have interviewed on my show, we let passion be the main root of that decision. And sometimes it just doesn't work out, which, which really inspired me to do this podcast show to, you know, investigate all these different roles in the sector. So really quickly, uh, when you're at Sky um, that first time, h- how were you more confident? So like, instead of you just, oh, I'm working at Sky from a passion perspective, you were there with a fresh set of eyes in the business sector, which supported you in that role out of interest.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I found that I went into Sky, and I, you know, I was like a kid in the candy store, of course, because you know, all of a sudden you're you're kind of meeting kind of meeting your heroes, like some of their presenters and um, the the talent that they work with. You're going to events, you know, all, all around the world. Going to Ryder Cup golf and Medina, you're going to, you know, Premier League games, Champions League finals. Um, boxing events you know it's it's incredible the opportunities that um, that provided but at the same time you know I whenever I've it always tends to be a bit of a leaving speech but um, but to to people who I work with especially you know young people you know I always say to them don't forget how lucky you are to be working in this industry and don't take it for granted Um, unfortunately because I had those four years you know where I'm desperate to be in this environment and I knew I could do it. And I knew I was like, you know, had more more knowledge than your average person working in a similar role at that time. Um, I never take it for granted, you know, so I'm always um, thankful for the opportunities that I've been given. Um, and I certainly would never be someone who, um, yeah, will, will take a backward step or, or, you know, do anything less than absolutely my 100% because I completely appreciate the fact that i'm able to work in this environment now one that you know fuses that passion with my professional expertise and um yeah that you know going into sky the the best thing as well great team of people you know made me feel very comfortable you know embracing kind of what i was bringing you know there wasn't a kind of ever a sense of uh, looking down on me, or, or, you know, because oh, I hadn't worked in sport. The, the complete opposite, you know, they wanted to know, you know, how I'd approach things in working in an insurance company. And, you know, it, it, it was just a great bunch to work with. And, you know, that was not just in my team, but, you know, the the production staff at Sky, you um, across the piece marketing teams, great a great bunch of people and just a great place to be working at that particular moment in time. Um and the net you know the network I was able to to very quickly um gain and, and the contacts within media were, were absolutely um fundamental to to you know how I was able to go
0: on in my career. Before we talk about networking, which is such a popular topic and important topic of pursuing a career in this industry, I wanna to touch more about your C V now. So you you've done Sky Sports gives the rest of the journey I have to you've worked for BT sports been involved in the NBA Eurosport so I'm just giving you a clues of how Sky sort of opened up doors for more opportunities than you may not have been aware of at the time
1: yeah definitely and look I think the first time you it's, it's the hardest role is getting the first one and then once you're in the bubble of sport then then obviously things open up and I think you know, I was just uh, just hugely fortunate that Sky was the first company that I worked for because it was just the, the very best place to be. And, and obviously, you know, it gives a huge boost to your CV. Um, I so have worked with Sky, as I say, I was on a short-term contract when I joined. Um, and that basically kept getting extended. Um, so I ended up being there for 18 months um, from an initial six-month contract. And really it was a, a kind of, you know, during this period of course, I was looking at, you, you know, I was far more aware of the sports industry and you know what I needed to do I was, I've always been quite long term in my career thinking it was always kind of um you know thinking a couple of steps ahead and what I needed or what I felt I needed on my CV um to kind of get, get the end goal position so I, I you know I knew that I'd kind of wanted to get an experience working in agency um I think it's a uh, it's very important to try and get those in-house and agency experiences. They are very, very different. Um, you learn a completely different set of skills. And basically, I, I got an opportunity to go and work with Pitch Marketing Group, um, and that came about um, again through through Sky working on the NBA. Um, you know, they they host the the London Global Games um, every year. I think they're still still doing it. Um, and basically I worked with a team at Pitch who represented the NBA. So I got to know some of the people there. And then in the interim, um, obviously BT Sport had launched and, and Pitch had won that business. So they became the retained agency. And obviously they wanted some kind of broadcast expertise. So uh, they approached me for, for a account manager role. Um, and yeah, look, I, I saw it as an opportunity to kind of tick that agency box, obviously, great time to join them really interesting project with bt sport and um you know sky as they they kept offering me the off the extensions to the contract but it gave me that bit of security as well um, as a full-time position so it was just the right time you know it would have been very easy to stay with sky it was just such a good group of people and i love working for that organization but you know you, you have to make these decisions in your career and you know there's there's been some that i've regretted there's been others that i've been absolutely thrilled that i i made that call um and this was one that ended up being you know a great move for me and say in terms of my development and working on the the accounts that i did um that opened more doors in terms of of the future and yeah that commercial experience that you get working in agency as well in terms of you know the focus on, on obviously uh, maximizing the the profits for your accounts but for the business as well and bringing new business in i I really enjoyed the kind of cut and thrust of of agency life and it's a it's a different speed to working in-house there's no doubt about that um you know you are you are I think most people working in PR and comms are are kind of always on people. You know, you have to be um, because ultimately when, you know, potential issues, crises come up, you know, you're the one that has to to be first in line dealing with them. So, you know, you are the type of people generally that always have your, work phone on you're always looking checking your emails over the weekend and in the evenings um, and definitely in an agency environment that's probably even more so because you never know when a client might might reach out to you and want something so you know you get used to that different approach and client management side of things that um, yeah, you still do internally in, a, in an in-house role but just to a more kind of heightened degree and, and obviously working across uh, multiple clients as well, so um, yeah, that was a that was a key step for me. Um, and then ultimately, as I said, that that kind of long-term approach that I've I've always taken. You know, um, after three years at Pitch, where you know I'd gone from joining as an account manager, and by the end of it, was a, an account director. And, um, you know, BT Sport was, was my um, kind of baby and, and had a great team there looking after that account. And it was hugely important one for the agency. You know, at the time, it was the biggest one they had in terms of, um, of, of fees annually. So it was obviously important to kind of um, keep them as a retained client, which we always managed to do. Um, and, yeah, I felt I'd kind of come to the end of, end of what was achievable um, in that role of pitch I think the next step up in agencies typically tends to be a, a pure focus on the new business side of things um, and at that time that wasn't really what I wanted to do and and yeah I, I kind of had a great opportunity to go and do something different uh, live and experience a, a, another culture another uh, country um, so I took a, a role at Eurosport this was four years ago now and yeah gave me the opportunity to go and, and live in Paris which obviously um, is, is quite appealing and it was an interesting time for the company in terms of um, they just acquired the Olympic rights so uh, across kind of 52 countries in Europe they were the broadcaster the official broadcaster for the Olympics so it was a, it was a really interesting point to go there um, and yeah just a kind of next evolution in terms of my career.
0: No, I find this fascinating. I could listen on and on and on. Just really quickly, could you just highlight to the audience that if you want to work in sport, it's not a nine to five gig because you've you've given some great, I know it's stating the obvious, but some people just think it's the job. But really, like you said, with some of the clients you have worked in the past, you're on the phone all the time or at least have to have it near you uh, on the weekend. So I just want you to share some thoughts on that point. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think a lot of people come into it quite open-minded just for the very fact you've said of, of, you know, sport is 24-7. It's certainly um, weekend-focused as well. So you probably, if you want to work in sport, you probably realise that you might have to do um, different hours to your standard Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Um, But, you know, I do think... I think this about every career right it's not always about i don't want to be one of these people that says oh, you have to work every hour god sends it's not about that it's there's always a work-life balance it's just you know people typically the, the people that do well are the people that um you know have that determination and, and want to go that extra mile you know it's a, it's a pretty standard old saying but it's true right the the people who have got that real passion um live and breathe their work um it does often shine through because because they get great results um and yeah you know there's a balance to be had but typically i think this is where it helps obviously that you're passionate about what you're doing so you know responding to that email on a saturday afternoon or you know being at that event late night um in the week or at the weekend you know you 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 accept that um and the people that kind of yeah end up achieving a lot you know more than you know typically tend to be the people that will be prepared to to do the hard yards Um, and i think you know everyone who's thinking about a career in sport but actually everyone who's thinking about a career full stop any workplace you go into um there is that kind of element of you know if you want to stand out and and achieve and, and progress then you know typically people that are prepared to go above and
0: beyond to do that comes back to the attitude which is a big word that's been on the podcast now getting back to today's podcast topic and I really want to dissect this because it's such a broad one like the skill sets to work in communication and marketing like there's one thing I always hear from students oh I don't know what to do but I will just go into marketing and I'm like no there's <laughs> a lot more to it than just saying marketing is a broad word of promoting something so relating to your career what skill sets have supported you that Helped you work with some fantastic agencies, helped you work with Sky, Eurosport. Just reflect, and I want to dig deep on the skill set perspective, then just say sports marketing is a broad term.
1: Yeah, and look, you know, it's very interesting because I'm still, you know, I'm still learning, right? Um, you know, interestingly, I've just done um, a fantastic couple of courses, marketing courses that are run by um, a guy called Mark Ritson, who's a, who's a marketing professor uh, in partnership with Marketing Week. And, and, you know, they're kind of MBA level um short courses like three-month courses um but fascinating and and you know the the point i think around it is that the skill set whilst important it it is attitude as as you just talked about it's attitude in terms of learning about um the discipline and being kind of open-minded in terms of you know being outside your comfort zone and being prepared to to not only read around you know you can know a lot about sport that's fine what about what they're doing in music what they're doing in entertainment how they launch in products and services and marketing things over here you know you really need to have that kind of open-mindedness and, and objectivity as well is very important i don't think it's purely a kind of skill set skill set thing it is attitude as well um, and of course like as we discussed earlier i think you know now of course you, you will have specific sport marketing degrees which you know you probably didn't we certainly didn't 15 years ago so now you you can almost say you can start that journey to your career a lot earlier um and, and be a like classically trained marketeer and go into go into sport and then obviously you know that's that's a great way to do it there's a lot of people that didn't do that there's a lot of people that kind of started as a comms or marketing exec and they're kind of you know they've, they've learned on the job and i think to people that do that kind of go in and, and you know they're not necessarily coming from an educational background in that discipline all i would say is yeah you know have that thirst for knowledge have that kind of um, open mind to go and look at what you know study study the discipline professional development that you can understand how that relates to the sports industry look at what's happening in the sports industry and how other properties other brands uh, agencies are activating around that. And then also, as I said, look outside of that, look at, look at other areas, other sectors, because you know there's there's so much that can be learned from outside of the bubble of sport. Um, and yeah, if you've got that kind of 360 degree visibility of things, it will improve you hugely. Um, as I said, whatever discipline you do, but certainly it comes and marketing from that creative point of view. The more you can take in, the kind of more you have in your armory in terms of, you know, creative problem solving. You know, when a brief comes in, you know, we, this is our aim. This is what we need to do. OK, right. Let's have a think. Here's the strategy that I think is going to work. Here's the tactics, the positioning. You know, you've, you've kind of got this bank of knowledge that you can kind of quickly um, tune into and work out what will work in this given circumstance.
0: Can there be the argument that we're all marketers just because of how society is built with social media? Like, this is how I started my podcast. There was no degrees on how to run a podcast show. You sort of have to learn from different experts, use social media as a tool for your personal brand. Um, This is what I say when I meet students is you're the business uh, and you use these tools like LinkedIn, Twitter for me and Instagram to a point. They're the outlets to market yourself.
1: Absolutely. I mean, look—you've um, only got to look at the the world of social influencers. You know, that that in itself, you know, these these people aren't professionally trained marketeers. They're people that um, you know understand the product. You know, they understand the audience, um, and they create content that meets that audience needs. It's as simple as that. And we are exactly the same in terms of you know how you position yourself um and what you say about yourself online and, and how you present yourself and you know the people you follow and um you know the the content you read and the content you share as well um you know and, and I, there are some great examples of this and i think the last uh, obviously the pandemic we've just we're still in but coming out of the end of now hopefully um you know i've connected with people kind of in the early stages of their sports career um, who proactively reached out to me um and, and you know just to pick my brains which is amazing i love to love to hear that um you know like it's the type of thing i used to do you know I'd, I'd always value speaking to to senior people in the industry to understand how they got to where they are and any advice they could offer um and and you know to have people do that's amazing and then to look at how they use that information you know um, i can i'll call out a couple of people there's a guy called andy Marsden um who cr- curates a newsletter a weekly newsletter called sports pundit um, and i think it's fantastic like he's um i think he's at csm at the moment um as a as a kind of research executive um, and he's you know he's curating this newsletter it's going to 400 senior um, people within the sports industry and, you know, he shows his knowledge in terms of where he's reading and getting his resources from. He'll provide insight, and, he, and he's created a brand around this. And you know, I think that's fantastic to see. You know, and there's other people as well. You know, there's a, um, a girl that I spoke to, Lona Price Jones. Um, again, very very active on social media. Great on Twitter. Great on LinkedIn in terms of, you know, what um, what she shares, what she's reading, giving her opinions, um, and you know, that's. That's a massive advantage these days, you know, especially in terms of, you know, from a recruitment perspective or, you know, to get on the radar of of certain people, certain companies, um, you know, when jobs might come available in the future. Um, So, you know, use those opportunities to to really show who you are and what you know. um, And that can go a long way in your
0: career. It's not just an advantage, it's a controllable. Uh, So even in my podcast, I'm in control of the mic. To reach out, like it's going to lead to my next point, but just for the listeners listening in, to create content, it just comes down to your work ethic individually. Seriously, um th- I'm just sharing you my experience last four years of doing this show. I want to talk about networking now, and I always like to share how I got connected with my special guest. And for the first time, it's been rare. Dan, you reached out to me, I think through a tweet on Twitter. um And sometimes this is how it works. It can be just a simple tweet. simple messaging conversation I think I sent you a video message just to be a bit different than a written message and um, I want to talk about this word networking can you define it because some people get scared you know people have their different definitions but how has networking supported you with regards to your career in the sports industry for the last eight years
1: yeah look it's been massively important Um, I mean there's no two ways about it and and it doesn't have to be I think when you say the word it, it makes it I think there's kind of negative connotations around it in terms of maybe how you acquire that network. It, it's not, it doesn't have to be an aggressive, you know, kind of land grab for, for, for contacts. I don't think it's, it's not like that. I think it can be very organic um, in the way you go about it, um, you know, just through the people you meet in your, in your work experiences. But obviously, as I said, there's that opportunity to be proactive with it and to reach out to the right people. Um, and, and you know, I say I, I do that, you know, most days, you know, via one platform or another, um, speaking to people, um, whether they're, say, people that I've built a relationship with already, or I'm reaching out to because they've written something I'm interested in, or they said something on a podcast or whatever it might be. And I think the last few months it's never been more apparent how important it is um, to kind of have that have that network. You know, I, I've now... Uh, been working for myself for just over a year, um, and you know, I've been very fortunate to acquire acquire many new clients without actually having to make any proactive approaches. You know, my work has come through referrals and from people within my network, and that being, I'm hugely grateful for that. And it just goes to show the strength of it. Um, you know, it, it does come in handy. Uh, there's no doubt about it. So it's definitely something you need to you need to be thinking of. And sometimes it's quite hard to do that in the early stages of your career, and you know, look, it's it's not, not always easy to reach out when you're quite a junior person. But typically, people will be more than happy to to speak to you, you know, give you advice. That if you shouldn't feel afraid to reach out to people because most people are good people and happy to give you some of their time. Um, so definitely, that's always worth you know, something worth doing and using. You know, the likes of LinkedIn to connect with people. Um, it's always it's always good to be able to like reach back out to people. You never know when there might be something that you can work on together or, you know, they might need you for something. So, you know, you really need to kind of make a point to to make that an organic thing that you do as part of your day-to-day. Um, and I think, you know, that there's the, the old saying of it's who you know, not what you know. It, it's a saying for a good reason. Um, and look, on the one hand, I like to believe that people who do really well Um, have a good network and a track record in delivering rather than just having an exceptional network and you know being put in positions because of who they know um let's be clear on that it comes down to ability but um you know it's it's definitely there's truth in it in terms of if you know the right people you can be you know put in the right positions so uh, it's definitely something you need to work on and i think yeah that one of the, the few kind of benefits of the pandemic, um, from a professional point of view, has just been that openness of people to to jump on calls. you know, people you've never met, um, you just jump on a, on a VC um, and have conversations and, you know, people are happy to speak and see new faces and, and provide that level of, of advice uh, to people. Uh, you say, oh, that's happened to me in terms of people approaching me several times and also me approaching others. Um, so you know it will. There's no doubt at some point in the future that network will will come back um, and help you. So it's worth developing.
0: Absolutely, as I say, networking is a skill. Just creating conversation. So um, again, I hope the listeners have enjoyed that because there's so much learning in between the lines of what you've just said there, Dan. Just going back to your career now, what have you enjoyed the most? Reflecting.
1: Oh God, that's a great question. No, I I, I think when you work in sport. Um, So much of it is linked to sports events, typically, Um, if you've had those experiences of working, you know, for live sports events. I I was very fortunate throughout the period at Sky and at Pitch with BT and then with Eurosport to have this constant stream of of live events that I was able to go to. Um, So I would say, you know, yeah, personal highlights would definitely be, would definitely be, um some of those events that i've attended because you just have moments where you pinch yourself you know you think god i'm I'm, I'm green side at the Ryder cup you know i'm court side at grand slam tennis tournaments uh, i'm pitch side at countless cup finals i'm freezing myself at <laughs> the winter olympic games you know these moments you have and, and then when you meet you know some of your heroes as well and you you really kind of at the end of the day you sit back and go yeah that was a pretty cool day um, and look, that doesn't happen for everyone working in sport. Like that's lucky, right? I'm, I'm not what I'm doing right now. You know, obviously, no one's really doing that now. But it's not part of my my um, my work at the moment. Um, so I kind of cherish it. Um, but yeah, definitely personal highlights. And you know, aside from that, obviously, professionally, it's it's the campaigns you work on, uh, it's the clients you work with, um, and and also you know, I'd say for, for me, it's, it's the people you work with. Um, you know, the, the best part of any job is the people around you. You know, I've been fortunate enough to work with some brilliant people, people who I've learned so much from. And, you know, I don't care what job you're in, you have to enjoy working with the people around you. Otherwise, you know, it's not enjoyable. So that, yeah, the people that you work with, and then the people that, you know, I, I've personally managed as well. Um, you know, some people that, certainly a pitch in the, in the account team we had there that've gone on to have great careers in their own right working you know for organizations like f1 who you know I played played a small part in their development you know they, they've done it all themselves but I certainly think they appreciated my style of leadership in terms of giving them responsibility and um, empowering them and, and you know fostering a culture of, of no blame like was, you know and it's gratifying to see them have success.
0: Awesome well look, I've really enjoyed this conversation Dan honestly there's so much I can't wait to relist myself to take notes as well we're at the stage of the interview I'd like to finish with an inspiration one and also you've provided so much sports career guidance throughout this talk but if you had to like limit to three sort of key highlights or tips with regards to sports marketing communication for people who know work in this field what would they be?
1: that's a great question very hard to very hard to do look I think gen, general things I'll say first which would be be hungry you know hungry to succeed don't give up when you, when you have setbacks like everyone has them um, so I had them many times over in terms of you know applying for jobs not getting them um, you know questioning whether you'd ever get a chance to work in sport so you know you've got to always get back up again and, and take the next opportunity you know I still have Failures now, every day. Of course, everyone does. Um, and you know, you only need to look at some of the quotes from some amazing sports people to, to um, you know, they will tell you. You know, whether it's MJ, you know, the key to success is failure. You know, I failed over and over again in my life. That's why I succeed. You know, it's, it's that mentality. So having that inner de- determination to succeed, um, but also balancing that right. So the second point I'd say is being humble. So you know, it's my personal belief. You don't have to be kind of hard-nosed person to get ahead you don't have to you know have that edge to personality for me it's people who you know don't have the true confidence in their abilities might be a little bit like that but for me it's treat people as you want to be treated that's helpful in terms of building that network as well um you know people appreciate people that they can talk to they can have a conversation with um that are level-headed so you know being humble uh, treating success and failure the same. And, and then I'd say sort of you know, thirdly, finally, is that curiosity. So it's that having that thirst to learn, um, to go above and beyond. You know, when you're starting out, there's a lot of fundamentals you need to take in. But being curious about other industries, other sectors, other disciplines. You know, love your particular craft, whether that's marketing or comms or legal or business development, whatever it is. You know, love that and become an expert, but also always look at what you can do elsewhere and take from other, from other industries. Um, you know, and keep developing both practically and theoretically. Professional development super important. So there, was the, three general things. And look, in terms of marketing and comms, I'd say the big, single biggest thing is is objectivity is very important. I think there's a lot of people that go into comms and marketing, and this is something I've learned very recently through through the process of the courses that I, I mentioned earlier you know you need to be the worst person to make decisions on a brand and the people working on that brand you have to separate yourself from what you're promoting you know it's not for you you are not the audience the audience is is Joe Blogs on the street you know what does he think about your campaign about your products about your services so there's this big you know temptation we're all sports fans so we see that a lot of the things that we do are, oh, well, it's fine, I love it, so everyone will love it. Not at all. You know, you have to have that objectivity, and that might relate, as I say, to a marketing campaign where you need to step outside and go, is this the right message? Is this the right positioning? Are we reaching the right people? Or it might be in your communications work where, you know, a client has got an idea for something or wants you to do something. You don't think it's a good idea. You don't think it will work. You don't think it, it really is the right tone or the right message or the right audience. And you've got to be able to stand up and say to them, look, you know, I appreciate what you're thinking here, but, you know, from my opinion, I personally don't think that this is the route to go and then offer them solutions. Um, so I think, yeah, that's a big thing. But there's, there's so many technical parts of, of both jobs um, and just generally being a good communicator, both internally and externally, is, is hugely important these days. Um, I think you see it a lot a lot of the problems a lot of sports organisations are facing is, is down to their communication or lack thereof externally. Um, and I think that's, that's a really key, a key thing. And I think moving forward, you're going to see a lot more, maybe, comms, marketing people that end up in CEO roles, maybe than from, like, financial CFO typically kind of seems to step up. I think you see a lot more of that moving forwards um and just yeah learning to be a good communicator verbally and non-verbally you know is is important and it, it's something that can be learned obviously it's natural for some people and, and not for others but it can be learned so really understanding your kind of your the way you position yourself um and, and having that self-awareness around the way that you impact on other people um, i think that's hugely important
0: in in any career Dan, that is spot and I think I counted six in my head. So Sorry. honestly, I hope you, you, you doubled it, my it friend. Was, and thank you yeah, very it much. It I too many. I, I, hope that, I hope the listeners have really cherished what you've just said. Out of interest, how can people interact with you on social media?
1: Yeah, of course. Look, um, I'm obviously on LinkedIn. Um, can search. One good thing about having an unusual surname is I'm quite easy to find. So you can find Dan Tunner um, on LinkedIn, uh, on Twitter at Dan Tunner Um, and I've got a website as well, uh, dantunner.com. So yeah, anyone who wants to speak about the sports industry, careers, anything, I'm I'm all ears. I'd love to hear from you.
0: That is great to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Dan, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you, Ed. What a brilliant podcast chat with Dan and I hope you really enjoyed that. For me, we covered so much um, in that conversation but from a communications and marketing perspective i really enjoyed dan's response that to work in this sector it all comes down to attitude because even from my experience of this podcast show marketing techniques and methods are evolving and without a doubt studying about marketing is helpful but when you put it into practice, if that makes sense, or put a strategy into place when you're marketing something to a group of people. Even my podcast show, to get you to listen to the show, I've had to use techniques on social media or create content to try and get people to listen to my show. Yes, there are skill sets with regards to your communication skills, which are vital, which you can put into campaigns to connect with that particular audience in what you're promoting, but. I just love the response that it's all about our attitude and also he's always continuously learning to be a better marketer and that's so important too because times change with regards to how we market things, particularly online because of new technology, new methods. So if you want to be a sports marketer, I hope that was helpful. But with regards to Dan's career, I think, again, this is another area that really emphasize that sometimes to get your role in sports you don't have to start a career in sports I think this is so important for people particularly who have been in an industry for a long time let's say you're in IT or data analytics which Dan mentioned which is such a hot you know career now in the sports industry because everything does relate to data to help companies or football teams make better decisions through the data they have when running their organization so there's a clear indication that you don't actually have to start in sport to work in sport later. You can specialize in an industry sector, which then is transferable into the sports industry. Again, I hope when people listen to that bit, I hope you find that helpful too. I really do hope you found this podcast helpful. Again, I would recommend getting a pen and paper, get another cup of tea and listen to it again, because there's so much that Dan shared in that podcast, which I'm gonna do the same by the way. But on that note, put Dan's career tips right at the end into practice relating to your sports career development now and take action. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker, Dan said, Learn to be a great communicator, verbal and nonverbal. This is important in how you position yourself in the sports industry relating to what you want to do.